Well, now that we're into February, now that we've turned the calendar uh, into a new month, some of you, your eyes just got real big, like you haven't looked at the calendar for a few days because you're like, February, what? Yeah, we're in February. Well, when, when we roll into February, uh, my birthday's in March and spring starts in March. And so I start thinking about spring. You know, we've had some warmer temperatures a little bit. I know we had snow too, but, you know, right behind that we had 58 degrees. And then we had, you know, a little bit of rain there for a little while. And it got me to thinking about springtime. And as much as I like to think about springtime and the warmer weather, maybe more consistently warmer weather, um, southern Indiana, it's nothing's too consistent, but you know, um, somewhat more consistently warmer weather uh, and some sunshine. We do have to face the fact that it's not going to be all warm temperatures and sunshine there. There are going to be uh, some storms. There, there are going to be, it won't be long before we start hearing about uh, these special weather statements that the National Weather Service puts out and uh, wants to warn us about something and we got to hear about, you know, what's coming up. Is there anybody in the room who looks forward to storms? It's okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know Kathy likes them. Yeah, Mackenzie, Mindy. I'm calling out by name, Roxanne. I want everyone to know who these people are. Uh, gosh, I can't remember your name. Mm, orange, orange hat right there. Okay. Mark him. He also likes storms. Um, <laughs> but I, I get it, you know, and so I'm, I'm, surprise, surprise. I don't know what I am. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I could use a good storm right now. And then other times I'm like, man, I am over these storms, <laughs> you know? So, so I don't know what side of the fence I stand on uh, with the storms, but I want to bring you a message this morning that, that I'm calling a special weather statement. And it's from Mark chapter four. Uh, this past Thursday in your 90 days with Jesus uh, challenge that we're right uh, kind of in the thick of right now. Uh, this past Thursday, I believe it would have been that you would have read Mark chapter four. And uh, Jesus and his disciples experienced a storm, didn't they? You guys remember reading about that particular storm or that particular boat trip? Yeah, um, got, got a little tense, got a little dicey there for a little while. Um, anyway, Jesus makes a special weather statement. Uh, he makes a, a special statement in the midst of all of this weather, but um, let's hear what he has to say instead of what I have to say. Turn to Mark chapter 4. Uh, we're going to be in verses 35 through 41 this morning. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. Uh, the Bible says this, on that day when evening came, he said to them, he being Jesus, he said, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I would assume we all know that this story is not put here just for entertainment value, right? I mean, we know that there's, there's more going on here. It's interesting and, and it's exciting. There's some tension and some concern, a, a little bit of, ooh, which way is this going to go? There's even a miracle where the, the disciples are delivered from certain shipwreck. But 
this story is not just here for our entertainment value. We know the details of, the, of this event were recorded so that we would learn from these details. So, so do you think we're just talking about physical storms today? No, right? The, the physical storm that Jesus and his uh, disciples faced here is very much comparable to those events that we might call uh, the storms of life. You know, for lack of a better term, we, we refer to them that way sometimes. The job loss, the health crisis, the financial struggle, the relationship mess, the family problems, all these unpleasant events that we are all going to face in life. But also things like the testing of our faith. Th those are difficult moments, not bad things, but difficult moments. Uh, the times when we're rejected, the times when we're labeled and mistreated because we love others enough to tell them about Jesus, you know, who he is, what he's done and why, how to get in on it, what it's going to cost them, that sort of stuff. These storms, they're inevitable, right? I mean, we're not going to get out of them our whole life. We're not going to go through life without a storm coming up, just like we're not going to get through spring without a storm popping up. Okay, summertime's going to get here. Storms are going to come up. We're not going to miss these national or the, the special weather statements from the National Weather Service. They're going to happen. We're going to have these storms. They're inevitable. We call them, though, in life, these storms of life, we call them unexpected events. But they shouldn't be. We call them unanticipated moments, but they shouldn't be. We don't always know when we're going to face some of these storms, and we don't know particularly, specifically, which storms we're going to face, but we know that we're going to face them, don't we? Well, like this? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so it would be wise then, don't you think, to learn from Jesus and his disciples here uh, and this special weather statement that's, that's made in Mark chapter 4, don't you think? Be wise to learn something from this? I, I think so. So let's look here. The very first lesson uh, for us in this text that, that we can learn as followers of Jesus is the fact that his disciples are sent into the storm. I want you to notice that. This is significant that his disciples were sent into the storm. It's, it's kind of foundational stuff that we need to, need to understand this as we move on uh, or before we move on. Notice in the first few verses that we read here, verses 35 through 37, that this little trip across the sea, whose idea was it? Yeah, right? On that day when evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. Who said that? Jesus and then verse 36 says, leaving the crowd, they, that's the disciples, took him along with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. And then 37 is where the storm comes up, right? There arose a fierce gale of wind and the waves were breaking over the boat, uh, so much so that the boat was already filling up, it says. So this was Jesus's idea. Jesus had been teaching on one side of the Sea of Galilee and he said, hey guys, let's go over to the other side of the sea. And then notice the disciples in the next verse, they obeyed Jesus, didn't they? Right? This wasn't the disciples' fault. You know, it's not like, you know, well, if they would have just listened to Jesus. They did. They did exactly what they were told to do. These followers of Jesus, it says they left the crowd, they loaded up the boat, they took Jesus with them, and they headed off for the other side. As far as we can tell, they did exactly what Jesus told them to do. Well, what's the next verse say? There arose a fierce gale of wind. Jesus said, do something. They did it, and they got into a storm, the Bible says. Waves were breaking over the boat. The boat was filling up with water. They were in the midst of a terrible storm, and if you read the context around this, it was nighttime. Storms are scary. Uh, they're really scary, and I would assume, on a body of water. I try to stay out of water myself. It's just my own personal preference, but uh, on water, in the dark, right? It's nighttime. 
This is scary stuff. Make no mistake about it, okay? Jesus gave his disciples instructions. They followed the instructions. Now they're in the midst of a terrifying storm. Now, Jesus' intentions here would not be to get his disciples into a storm just for the sake of getting them into a storm. He wasn't trying to get them into a dangerous situation just for the sake of getting them into a dangerous situation. But he did say, let us go over to the other side. So, so what was the purpose? It, it's, not a, it's, not the, it's not the joke you've heard before, okay? It, it was to get to the other side, okay? But there's no punchline, okay? The goal was to get to the other side, but not just to get to the other side, okay? Jesus wanted to travel with his disciples to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, where? Additional ministry opportunities were waiting for them. However, obeying Jesus was not going to exempt them from facing storms, was it? Right? Doing what Jesus wanted them to do, to get to the other side, to be able to, uh, to participate in the ministry opportunities, the healings, the preaching, the teaching, things that needed to go on on the other side, the other people who needed to hear him, obeying that command was going to involve going through a storm. And in this case, we, we've said it this way, and it's, it's true. In this sense, Jesus sent them into the storm. Now, his intention was for them to go through the storm and on to greater heights, right? Greater opportunities. But he sent them into this storm. Guys, Jesus sends us also. And we're going to face storms because of it. Matthew 28, verse 19, Jesus said, go, right? He said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, records Jesus saying, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus definitely says go, okay? He definitely sends us out, and we should expect storms. Well, why should we expect storms? Well, we got passages like 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, that says, do not be surprised, right? Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you, okay? The Bible tells us not to be surprised. So what does that tell us we should do? Expect storms, right? Don't be surprised, expect storms. The Bible tells us that storms serve a purpose, right? They test our faith and our trust. That's good to, to test. It's, it's, it's not just for, for God. God knows that's for us. It's good for us to test our faith and to see, oh, look, I can come through this with the Lord. I can go through this with the Lord. He is there for me, and this is the best way to live life, the best way to get through the storms, right? They test our faith and our trust. They're for a purpose. The Bible also says here that storms are nothing strange. So if they're not strange, what are they? They're common. Everybody should expect them. Right? That's kind of where we started, right? Nobody's getting out of them. We should expect them. They're, they're a common thing. In fact, for Christians, they're actually an important part of our purpose. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 and 21 says, For what credit is there if, when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if, when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. Verse 21 says, for you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Storms are going to come in life when you face them because, okay, when you face them because you're obeying the Lord and you're doing what is right, uh, and when you go through them with faith and trust in him, not giving up, but patiently walking through, enduring those storms with the Lord, scripture says that that finds favor with God. That, that pleases God. And scripture says that this is following after the example of Jesus, right? Doing what is right, first of all. That, that's real important that we catch that. 
Suffering for doing what is right. Okay, do what is right, suffering for it, and, and not giving up, not giving in, not abandoning the mission, right? In John 16, Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Why did he speak these things? So that in him we may have peace. He says, in the world you will have tribulation. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. He says, I have overcome the world. We know that obeying Jesus will at times bring about difficulty. We will face these storms, but we're told in advance, we're taught in advance, and we're given examples like the one we see in our text today, so that in Christ we may have peace. So that in Christ we can have courage. He's overcome the world. We're on his side. He's with us. But what if we have questions in the storm? What if we have questions in the storm? This is going to happen as well. All right, it's inevitable also. The disciples in Mark chapter 4, uh, they had questions, didn't they? Well, there, there's something we can learn here. Mark chapter 4, verse 38, we read it earlier. Jesus himself was in the stern, the Bible says, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now picture the scene here. Okay, picture this scene. There's a, there's a fierce wind. Waves are breaking over the boat. Water uh, from the sea is now filling up the boat. What were the disciples doing? L look in your Bibles. Look at the previous verses. What were the disciples doing? It doesn't say what they were doing, does it? <laughs> yeah, we don't know what they were doing, do we? Or do we? We know what Jesus was doing. The Bible tells us specifically that Jesus was sleeping. But we don't know what the disciples were doing. But do we? I mean, you picture this scene. What do you think the disciples were doing? You think that they were just sitting around with hands in the pockets, just kind of waiting to see what happens? Or do you think they were working to survive? I think they were doing everything they could. I think they're sloshing through the, 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 the boat deck that's covered in water. I don't know how high it was getting, but the Bible says it was filling up now with, with water from the sea there. Okay, so they're sloshing through the water. Maybe some of them were crouching down and holding on to whatever they could hold on to just to try not to get thrown over, overboard and into the sea. Right? These guys were working. They were doing everything they could to survive. I think we know that. Side note. You ever kind of feel like you're on that boat deck in the midst of one of your life storms? Working real hard, holding on to something as tightly as you can, uh, doing everything you can. You feel like, you know, it's kind of hard to, to get from point A to point B, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what the disciples are doing. And then picture this. Jesus, the one who sent them on this little trip in the first place, he's in the stern and he's got a pillow. Did, did we really need that detail? Jesus is sleeping on a pillow, right? Son of man has nowhere to lay his head, I thought. Well, this time he had a cushion, right? It didn't belong to him, I'm sure. Here's Jesus in the middle of what, we, what we're just certain the disciples were doing. They're working hard, trying to survive, and Jesus is asleep on a pillow. I, I, I could imagine why they might wonder, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I get why they ask the question, and I get why they think they're perishing, Right? This path was Jesus' idea. Now they're thinking they're not going to survive the storm. And they, they thought Jesus didn't care. Think they're the only ones who ever think this? I think we've all probably at some point in time been there, right? We're in a storm. We can't see to the other side. It's a dark situation. There's a storm going on. There's, there's things in, in the way of us being able to see kind of to the other side of this, this thing we're going through. We're struggling to see how we're going to make it through. And maybe we wonder if the Lord cares. Deep down, we probably know he does. 
right? But, but when we're in the situation, sometimes emotions come into play, sometimes. And, and we, may know, we might know that he, that he does, but in the midst of the storms, we can be prone to wonder, right? To ask questions in the storm. We know God cares. We've got to train ourselves to remember that and to know that, right? Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, maybe that doesn't sound like, like, like a ton of um, information. Uh, maybe that doesn't sound like the greatest encouragement for what we're talking about, but I want you to think about this. Okay, first of all, make sure we, we all understand that the Lord does not forsake people just because they're going through something hard, okay? God doesn't go, okay, I'm not touching that. Like, like, like God's not overwhelmed by what you're going through. So he doesn't give up on you because, oh, you got yourself in a mess. That's not how that works. But also, I want you to see what's being said here in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, okay? He didn't forsake us when we were sinning against him, okay? He sent his son to die for us. And listen to this, not just despite the fact that we are sinning against him, he sent his one and only begotten son to die for us because we were sinning against him. Is there any greater act of love, care for, for another person than that? I, I mean, it's hard for us to be nice to people who have wronged us. We know better. We should. But it's hard. It takes a little effort, a little work. God didn't just do something nice for us while we didn't do something nice for him. He sent his son to die for us because we were sinners. But let's also be real practical here and let's remember there's going to be times where you're going through storms and you're not going to see tangible physical visual evidence that the Lord is that he cares okay you need to know that and maybe you will see that evidence in certain situations there's going to be moments where you're going to be like that's got to be you God right but, but there's many times where you need to know the Lord cares you need to know that the Lord cares because maybe there won't be something. You know, everybody's looking for a sign. Jesus had something to say about that, didn't he? Right? But, but, but we're looking for something. You're not always going to see something. That's not the way that, that this works. There's going to be times in life you can't see it, and it might even feel like the Lord is asleep on the job, but he's not. We know that. So here's what we need to do. We need to remain faithful. Continue to obey the will of the Lord. That's the only way this is going to work out well. And the more you do the more that you're going to experience God's faithfulness in the storms. And the more you experience his faithfulness in the storms, the more confident and trusting you become in the Lord. And the more confident you become in the Lord, the more peace you're going to have when you're going through the storms and the less likely you are to start questioning God in the midst of the storms only because you're in the midst of a storm. You go day in and day out and you don't question. You're so confident in his word. You've seen the evidence. You came to Christ for a reason. You were convicted. You believe. And then you're going to let life circumstances cause you to, to question God because something, something kind of difficult happened. You're going to question God. See, we need, to, we need to train ourselves to say, I'm not going to let emotions take over here. I'm going to remember what I knew when I had a clear mind and I'm going to trust the Lord in the midst of the storm, Okay questions. God's able to handle the questions, okay? I'm not saying you can't, absolutely can't ask any questions of God. That's not what I'm saying. But questioning whether he's trustworthy, that's something we need to train ourselves out of going back to that. 
right? We don't need to get into that. We, we, should, we, should get, we should mature to the point where we can go through storms and we can be like, God, if you could just give me some sort of light at the end of the tunnel where I could see, okay, here's where this storm is going to be valuable. Have that conversation with God. Go right ahead. But, but God, if you really loved me, you... That's stuff we, we should mature out of at some point, okay? So we need to work toward that. We need to build up that trust in the Lord. And we need to do this because those who trust in him will experience power in the storms. Power in the storms. The Lord didn't prevent the storm, notice. The Lord didn't prevent the storm here uh, in Mark chapter 4, but he did sustain his disciples, and he did eventually calm the storm, right? Verses 39 and 40 said, and he got up, Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down. And it became perfectly calm, the Bible says. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Mm. Why are you afraid? Where's your faith? Jesus knows that they don't need to be afraid because he knows uh, the power that he holds in this storm. He's aware of that power. Uh, He can tell the wind and the waves to knock it off and they'll listen. They'll go perfectly calm according to the Bible here. Our Lord holds all power and makes that power available to us. Look at what uh, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Now that's not our power, but that's power that's working within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Guys, the power that works within us, look at what this is saying. The power that works within us is able to do more than we could ask for and in ways that we could never think of. We're not able. There, there are times where we're not going to have these thoughts. There's maybe things that God's going to do that through us, through the power that, that, he's, that he's at work in us with, that we couldn't even think of. His ways are not our ways. We know that. His thoughts are above our thoughts. We know that. He can do more than we can ask or imagine, it says. Now, hear me out. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but too often we let life storms frustrate us and we let life storms even overwhelm us because we're not expecting God to accomplish his purpose in his ways in our storms. You hear that? Many times we have the wrong expectation. We are not expecting God to accomplish his purposes in his ways in our storms. Instead, we're trusting God to accomplish our purposes many times. And we see a way out. And we say, hey, if this just wasn't happening anymore, or if I could just get this job, or if my kids would just straighten up, or if this would just happen, then I see a way out of this. And then we pray for that. And we just pray for that, and we just pray for that, and we just pray for that, and we don't let up. We see a way out. We pray for God to accomplish our purposes the way that we've figured out. But we need to go through storms with our minds open and our eyes open to the fact that God is not just, not just that it's a possibility, God is likely, God is likely to do something that we never thought of. God is likely to do something in a way that we never imagined, maybe aren't even capable of imagining. He is, his thoughts and his ways are that far above ours that, that he's likely to do something that we're not going to understand or that we wouldn't have seen coming. The Bible says, far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. Far more abundantly 
than we ask or think. And it says according to the power that works within us. That's what the Bible says. So, so guys, let's align our expectations to allow for his power in the midst of life's storms, okay? I think that, that could be a, a, a full-on paradigm shift for a lot of us to, to decide, you know what? I, I hate the cliche, uh, I should say hate. I don't love the cliche without any expl explanation about, you know, like, uh, just give it to God, that sort of thing, because that just sounds like throwing your hands up kind of thing. But here's the thing. Um, do all that God wants you to do to the best of your ability and work just as hard as you can for him because you love him. And then keep things open in your life where he can do what he wants to do and what he knows is best rather than just sitting there and letting your emotions all um, depend on whether or not what you think ought to happen in this situation happens or not. Man, expect God to do something. And it may not be what you like, may not be what you want, or it might be way better than, than you ever dreamed. But no matter what, it's going to be what God wanted. And that's what we're supposed to want, is what God wants. That's what's best. That's what brings honor and glory to him. That's when we know we're smack dab in the middle of his will, is when his purposes are being accomplished, uh, hopefully not in spite of us. Hopefully we're not standing in the way, but instead we're, we're opening up the way for God to do what he intends to do in his ways, all right? Now this all leads us to our last lesson here. The disciples asked an important question that we should ask as well. Who is with us in the storm? Okay, who is with us in the storm? After Jesus calms a storm and questions the disciples about their fear and their faith, um, the record of this event ends with this. Verse 41, it says, They became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. They phrase this as a question, but they're making a statement. They're making a statement here. That what they're really doing is they're thinking out loud. And they're saying, this guy is powerful. More powerful than they had realized up to this point, right? More powerful than they knew or ha had given him credit for up to this point. They know he's Jesus. They called him teacher earlier, but they are completely awestruck by him now. In this moment, after he rebuked the wind and told the sea to be still, and it did, Right in front of our eyes, you guys, these followers of Jesus are coming to a new realization of just who it is that they are following and just how worthy he is of their faith and their devotion and their commitment and their worship. You get what I'm saying? We better be on this guy's side. Who could stop him? What could stop him? He has power over the wind and the sea. He speaks and even nature listens to him. What power doesn't he have? Over what doesn't he have complete authority? We need to come to the same conclusion. We need to recognize, come to the same realization, okay? Any storms that we might face, Jesus ultimately holds power and authority over those things. He may not prevent the wind from blowing. He may not prevent the waves from crashing. The lightning is going to flash and the thunder is going to roll. But at any given moment, he has the ability, should he choose to do so, to stop it all, to put a stop to it, to calm it all, to say, hush, be still, and perfect calmness. But listen, let's be realistic too, okay? He's not always going to do that. I said, should he so choose? He's not always going to do that. Storms build our faith. 
Storms build our trust, our perseverance. Storms test our commitment, our devotion, and our endurance. Storms allow us to demonstrate our love toward God and toward others. Storms give us opportunities to minister to others, to be a powerful witness in difficult times, to gain experience that's going to help us to relate better to other people, to open doors for the gospel to be uh, explained to people who might not otherwise listen. So recognize the value of storms in life. But I'm still saying don't forget that we serve a risen Savior, an undefeated King, a master with no weaknesses, no flaws, and no lack of ability or authority. There's a, there's a song that, that says it pretty simply. It says, nothing can stop an unstoppable God. That makes sense, doesn't it? That just about sums it up, right? I like Romans 8.31 better, though. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Maybe you're going through a storm right now. I, I suspect many of you are. What then shall we say to these things? If God is with us, who's against us? Maybe you're about to face one of life's storms. Maybe a real doozy. Maybe a big one. I mean, if it starts to feel like the wind is fierce and it starts to feel like the waves are crashing into your vessel, filling up your boat, and, and you're having little hints of concern that maybe the Lord is asleep in the stern, remember, if God is with us, who's against us? Remember who you are. Remember whose you are, who you serve, and the path you're on, guys. Jesus tells us to go, to do his will, and expect storms, right? We've been sent by him, but remember, storms are to be expected. They're common, and when we suffer for doing what is right, we're following Jesus' example, and this finds favor with God. Remember that we're going to have questions. They're going to come up in the storm, but don't you forget that the Lord cares, don't you forget that ultimately through the cross, he demonstrated his love in that ultimate way that, that you got to hold on to and never forget. Don't let emotions control the day. Remember God's divine power in the storms, trust in his power, performed in his ways, right? Which just might be ways that we never thought or imagined. And then never forget who it is that's with us in the storms. The one who even the wind and the sea obey, the undefeated and undefeatable king. Son of the living God. If he is with us, it doesn't matter who or what may rise up against us. He's got this, right? He's able to simply say, hush, be still, and even the wind and waves obey. And that is a very special weather statement.